0: Wherever you are listening, and whatever day it is when you do, we welcome you to this audio worship service for the McGregor Evangelical Mennonite Church for June twenty-first, 2020. Astronomically speaking, we have just started the season of summer. Culturally speaking, Canada celebrates First Nations and Father's Day today. In the church calendar, this is the third Sunday after Pentecost. But whatever is on your mind, know that the Lord is near to all who call on Him. Today is the day of salvation. Our songs this morning, if you want to pause and find the words, will be as follows Come, let us all unite to sing praise I will praise you Lord my soul is filled with joy and then our confession and affirmation of faith are both going to be songs as well lord have mercy grace that is greater than all our sin that's number 201 in the hymn book and the closing hymn is number 493 in It is well with my soul. Father God, you are so good to us. With your Son and your Holy Spirit, you created this world and provided everything we need for life and godliness. We worship you today with gratitude and humility. We acknowledge our own failures to treat your world and the people you have made with the respect you expect. Forgive us. We receive your forgiveness, and we extend it to others. Jesus, thank you for what you did through the cross. Holy Spirit, thank you for teaching us truth and reassuring our hearts. Amen. From the fullness of his grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ.
1: Having, Having loved, loved his, his own who were in the world, in the world he now, now showed them the full extent of his love.
0: God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us.
1: You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for, you know Christ, rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. Because
0: of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved.
1: This This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world we might, might live, live through, through him. It is his love. love, not that we love God, but, but that he loved us and sent his son as his atoning sacrifice for our sins. sins.
2: 9, verse 7 to 18. For I endure scorn for your sake, and shame covers my face. I am a foreigner to my own family, a stranger to my own mother's children. For zeal for your house consumes me, and the insults of those who insult you fall on me. When I weep and fast, I must endure scorn. When I put on sackcloth, People make sport of me. Those who sit at the gate mock me, and I am the song of the drunkards. But I pray to you, Lord, in the time of your favor, in your great love, O God, answer me with your sure salvation. Rescue me from the mire. Do not let me sink. Deliver me from those who hate me from the deep waters. Do not let the flood waters engulf me or the depths swallow me up or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, Lord, out of the goodness of your love. In your great mercy, turn to me. Do not hide your face from your servant. Answer me quickly, for I am in trouble. Come near and rescue me. Redeem me because of my foes.
3: Forgotten the words that you have spoken Promises that burned within my heart have now grown dim. With a doubting heart I follow The paths of earthly wisdom Forgive me for my unbelief Renew the
1: fire again
3: journeys that have drawn me far from you. Now I am returning to your mercies ever-flowing. Pardon my transgressions, help
1: me love you again.
4: Let's bow now in a word of prayer. Our God, we come before you this morning absolutely excited. We come before you this morning excited for next week. Excited for when we'll be able to meet again. Our God... It still feels like there are a thousand things that have to be put into place and done just right so that we can meet and it can be a safe time, a time that we can keep up and we won't have to walk back. So, Lord, we pray for your wisdom in finding each and every one of those things and addressing them in turn. God, we We are afraid that when we are so excited like this, it is possible that we might overlook something here or there that might not seem like a thing but turns out to be all the difference. And we pray, we pray that you will put it before our eyes as plain as day. But again, we are so excited. And in line with that, we also want to pray for all of the other churches in the area that are either meeting this weekend already or also the one to come. God, we remain convinced that throughout this entire time of pandemic, you have been building your kingdom here in McGregor, here in North Norfolk, here in Western Manitoba. And we look so forward to, in the future, looking back and seeing just how it is that you have been working, but looking more at the immediate. God, we pray that as the different churches in the area move back to something that resembles church as it was, we nevertheless also keep that eye forward to you. Keep that eye forward that is focused on building your kingdom in ways that are bigger and larger in scope than we have ever even thought of before. Through you, we know all things are possible, God. And we thank you for that. And looking to this week as well, there are two other things that come to our mind very readily that need our prayer. The first is grad, coming up on Tuesday. Lord, we love our graduates so very much, and we are excited to see what they will go out into the world to do. But first, they need to graduate. So we pray that when the day comes, they will know that the prayers of the entire church are behind them. We pray that they know just how excited each and every one of us are for them. And God, we pray that they know that here there is always a home to support them. Again, we are thank you. We thank you so much for each and every one of our graduates. And then also coming up this coming week, There are two things coming up on the weekend. The first is, of course, Conference Council of the EMC that's going to be online. Lord, we pray that even though the format is less than ideal, you will still bless that meeting. You will work through it to further the goals and the aims and your kingdom that is being built through the EMC as a conference across Canada and across our mission fields as well. Lord, we pray that you will be evident every step of the way and that when people start to feel like they're nodding off, as always happens after so much time spent staring at a screen, nevertheless, you give them the strength to persevere, give them the energy to stay focused in order to answer those big questions. And also this coming weekend, there is the town fair going on even though it's in a very different format than we are used to. Lord, we pray your blessing on each and every one of the events and that even though they have us distanced for them, they still serve to bring McGregor together. Lord, for each and every one of these things, we come before you now in prayer. And again, we are so very thankful for how we have seen you work. In your name we pray each and every one of these things, amen. Romans 6, verses 1
5: to 11. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin
4: And today we have a great guest speaker. He is the president of Providence University College and Theological Seminary. He is one of the uh, more demanding of the professors I have had. And I mean that in the best possible way, David, if you're listening to this. And uh, more importantly, somebody that I am happy to count as a friend. David Johnson.
6: Thank you for the opportunity to be at McGregor Evangelical Mennonite Church this morning, and uh, I thank you for the opportunity to bring a message from Romans chapter six. Before I begin, I would like to uh, bring you greetings from Providence. Um, we ended April, uh, ended the the year in April, um, quite well given the circumstances. We uh, we ended up uh, all of our courses online, students. Uh, took their courses, those who finished their programs, graduated, and uh, we were, go- were going to celebrate their graduation in October. Uh, the other odd thing going on right now, of course, is planning for fall. And we uh, were wondering uh, what it's going to look like. Our applications are up significantly. We're uh, we're really pleased with that. Um, but we don't know how many students will be able to come. Our, our primary goal is to offer uh, our education in a safe environment. Uh, So our courses will be mixed. Some of them, uh, some classes will be online. Some classes will be in person, face to face. Um, And so in those courses, there will be a, a mixture between those two formats. Um, the, if you are uh, looking for a place in the fall, there's still room. If you want to contact our enrollment office, we would be pleased to uh, process an application and include you in our numbers. So I know that a number of you are graduating soon and you're wondering what you're going to do. I'd encourage you to, uh, to uh, make an application to Providence. It's going to be a great year. Uh, it's going to be a different year, but it's going to be a really good year. We're looking forward to it. Now let's look at uh, Romans chapter 6. Um, it's already been read, so uh, let me pray, and then we'll uh, look at the, at the text. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunities so that you give us uh, through technology to be together in this way and to hear your word, and we pray that you would uh, just guide us in our, our understanding of this text, uh, fundamental text for our life as Christian believers. We ask your spirit to be our teacher and our guide, once again, in Jesus' name, amen. So, as uh, Pastor Russell pointed out last week, uh, God loves us in Christ. Um, He shows us his love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, and our sin actually magnifies God's grace. It shows God's grace to be even more gracious because of the fact that we were his enemies. And he, um, he made a sacrifice for those who are, were his enemies. And so Paul says, so then, um, in chapter 6 and verse 1, if that's true, why should we uh, not keep sinning if our sin shows God's great grace? Uh, are we to continue in sin, he says, that grace may abound? Uh, and then he says this is totally illogical, by no means. Uh, there's very little more that he could say. There's not many words that he could use to say it more strongly. There, this is an impossibility, is what he's saying. It's impossible for someone to continue in sin um, so that grace might abound. For, he says in, uh, in verse 2, How can we who died to sin still live in it? We've died to that old life, to that, to sin. Uh, So, how is it possible to live in it? What what he's trying to say, and this is uh, one of the hardest things for people to grasp, I know it's hard for me to grasp, and it's hard for me to explain as well, Um, but what he's trying to say is our old life is finished, our old life is over, we have died. With Christ. We have died to sin. Uh, There is something fundamentally different now about us once we uh, have trusted in Christ as our Savior. Once we have converted to, to following him, there is something fundamentally different. There is a change that takes place in our lives. And so he says, don't you know that All of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. Uh, What he's saying is that uh, actually there is something changed about us. We have died. And when we were baptized, that was a symbol of our death. In fact, Paul uses that idea of baptism again in, uh, in verse 4. We were, we were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Uh, baptism is a symbol... Of death, and I, I, I like um, immersion as a, as that symbol because what Paul is saying is that when you go under the water, that is when you die, and when you come back out of the water, that is a symbol of your new life. The fact that you have um, you have this new life in which uh, in which you are now going to live. In fact, he calls it the newness of life. Not he doesn't use the word new life. Um, that you might walk in new life. He talks about walking in the newness of life because what he's trying to get across is that our location has changed. Just as he said in chapter 5 and verse 2, which you looked at last week, through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. We have changed rooms. We have moved into the room called grace. Uh, Out of the room of our old life, and into the room called grace. We have obtained access by faith into that room in which we now stand. Uh, we, we have changed. We have changed location. We walk now in the newness of life. We're on a different path than we were on before, uh, a, a very different path. And that's what Paul is trying to get at. And and if you can remember uh, this one idea, um, you'll remember this sermon. And that is that our life is now different. We are not the person we once were. As simple as that. We're not the person we once were. Uh, There is something fundamentally changed about our lives. And then Paul goes on to explain that change, um, beginning in verse 5. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We shall have a new life. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing, so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. We're no longer slaves to sin. For we, for one Who has died has been set free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And we are in him. And so, what is true of him, having died and having been raised, is also true of us. We have died fundamentally different. We are not the people we once were. We have been raised into a new life and to walk in the newness of life. We have changed our location. And that's, that's as simple as the message gets, um, and, but it's hard to grasp. It's, it's, it's a simple message, but it's not easy. To, uh, to grasp it and to understand it and to apply it to our lives. So I'd like to use three different uh, illustrations, three different metaphors, to, uh, to sort of clarify what, uh, what we've been looking at here in Romans chapter 6. And the first metaphor is that of a, of a, of a multi-volumed book. Um, so, so what Paul is saying is volume one was your life before you met Christ, before Christ saved you, and that volume is now closed. We close it up. It's over. If you're reading a a multi-volume book, once you're done with volume one, then you close that volume, and you move on to the next volume. Certainly, you can go back to to the first volume and and try to figure out why why am I like this in my second volume, in, in my second part of my life. Um, in the life that now I live in, in newness, in, uh, in this new location uh, called grace. Uh, and, and we can go back to that first, uh, first volume and explore that volume. And why am I like this? Why am I struggling with this? Why am I struggling with that? And you can go back and look at it, but you can't live in it any longer. Volume one is over. It's closed. And we've moved on now to volume two. So that's one metaphor, one way of thinking about this change of life. Another way, and that, this is one that Paul uses, is, uh, is the, the metaphor of a master and slaves. So, what Paul is saying here is that uh, the mass, we, we have died to the master, and our life is now um, under a different master, a new master. Think of it as the captain of a ship. Uh, you're a sailor on this ship, and uh, you, the the captain has uh, gone crazy, uh, and and the and the officers on the ship realize that, and so they depose the captain. They they say he's no longer captain, and he, and they tell all the sailors on the ship, you don't have to obey this captain anymore, um, but he's harmless. So we're going to let him walk around out of respect. We're not going to lock him up in the brig. We're going to let him uh, walk around and, uh, and just live his life. And when we get to port, we'll take care of him. But he has gone crazy, and, and we, can't, uh, we can't trust him to lead the ship any longer. Um, and so you are living your life as a sailor and uh, you see this captain and he comes along and he looks at, the, at you and then he looks at the, at the floor and he says, Sailor, I want you to get down and I want you to polish this deck. And you do. And then you realize as you're polishing the deck, oh, wait a minute. I don't have to obey this captain anymore uh, because he's not really the captain. I, 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 uh, the, the, the ship has changed. It's changed leadership. And I don't have to do that anymore. And so you don't. You stop. Uh, And that's the way it is. Paul is saying that the, the master, sin, is no longer our master. We died to the master. Notice what he doesn't say, though. He doesn't say that the master died. He doesn't say that sin has died. He says we have died to sin as our master. And that's the illustration that he's using. Um, Sin was our master before in the first life, in the first volume, but sin is no longer our master. And therefore, um, we don't have to obey sin. Uh, It's it's kind of a, a scary thing to think that I no longer have an excuse for my sin. I can't say, well, you know, it's just the way I am. Because you're not the person you once were. You're different now. And you can't use um, your past as an excuse for your present sin. Uh, you, you can't say, well, you know, I, I can't help myself. Because what Paul is saying is you're a different person now, and you can help yourself. Uh, you can change. You can be different. You don't have to sin. The third illustration is one that uh, is uh, maybe a bit apropos for, uh, for this week, and that is uh, graduation. Think of think of graduation. Um, you're leaving your school. You're done with school. You might go back and visit. You might still talk to the teachers, but the teachers have no authority over you anymore. Um, they can't uh, <clears throat> they can't make you do assignments. Um, you've graduated. You've left the, the that part of your schooling behind. And you're moving on to a different stage of life, maybe a different school or uh, a different work or, or a different kind of life that you're going to live now that you no longer are in high school. Um, that's, uh, that's the nature of, of life. Uh, we move on from one stage to another, and you've moved on from your old life, your, your life in, in high school, and now you've moved on to something new, to a new adventure. And uh, and that's another way of thinking about this uh, this change of life. You you are fundamentally different. You're not the person you once were. It's quite simple. Uh, Charles Wesley um, put it this way in in one of his great hymns: "Long my imprisoned spirit lay fast bound in sin and nature's night; thine eye diffused a quickening ray." That's the Holy Spirit that God has shed abroad in our hearts. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. What a great hymn, what a great uh, stanza to a a great hymn. Um, And it explains exactly what Paul is talking about here. That, uh, that God has moved in our lives. He has saved us. He has placed the Holy Spirit into our lives so that, uh, so that we are now different people. And because we're different people, we can't live the way we once did. Because we're different, we can't live the way we once did. Uh, if you can remember that, you can remember uh, a large part of the book of Romans um, from, from chapter 5 through chapter 8. Uh, that's what Paul is talking about. So the question comes up, why do I still sin? If this is true, why are there those sins from my past that plagued me? Why do I continue to lose my temper? Um, why can't I get rid of this particular addiction in my life? Uh, why am I so selfish? Um, why do I have a hard time um, in, 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 uh, in building relationships um, because of my self-centeredness? Why does that hang on? And the reason is um, because sin did not die. We died to sin, but sin did not die. And we have established a habit from the time of Adam until today, of sinning. And and because of that habit, sin hangs on. It seems to get its claws in us and, and tries to pull us back into that old life. But Paul says in verse 11 of chapter 6, So you must consider yourselves dead to sin, and alive to God in Christ Jesus. This is not some psychological trick he's talking about. This is not some some power of positive thinking that he's talking about. What he's saying is you need to realize something that's fundamentally true in our lives. And that fundamental thing is that we are not the person we once were. And so we can't live the way we once did. Now, Paul is going to explain further in the rest of chapter six and then in chapter seven he's going to talk about uh, why we still sin, why he still sins uh, even as a Christian. And then in chapter eight he's going to talk about the, the solution, um, the, the, the way forward you might call it uh, to this issue of, of our, our abiding sin in our lives, the fact that we still sin um, even though we have our, our life has changed. And that solution is uh, the Holy Spirit. I'll give you a a spoiler alert there. The Holy Spirit is the solution that's mentioned in chapter 8. So this is Paul's message to us uh, today. This is God's message to us today. You are not the person you once were, and so you can't live the way you once did. Let's pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this word of yours And our prayer is that you would take this word, that you would embed it so deeply in our lives that we will never forget that we are now a different people, a people who now live for your glory. Um, We rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Amen.
4: benediction today comes from Romans 15. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accordance with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now go forth and serve our Lord.